Star Wars 7x7 episode 1771 today, looking at the mystery of Force Collector, which is one of the novels in the Journey to the Rise of Skywalker series. Hey Rebel Razor, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode and thank you so much to Alex Jones who became a new patron of the show at the Vader's Fist level. Alex, thank you so much for supporting me and the work I'm doing here and if you want to help support that as well, well you'll hear about that a little bit later in the show, but for today we're going to be talking Briefly about the Force Collector novel, this is a young adult novel and probably the most unusual one that has been mentioned in the whole Journey to the Rise of Skywalker publishing initiative. We talked about it briefly when we went over the you know summary of all the novels and the ones that were of particular interest and import because they were going to be the ones that would stand to have the most information about the time period in between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker and give us an indication of what we might be looking forward to and also even the gap of time in between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. It does seem like it's going to be somewhat significant. It's definitely not the one year that we've seen ascribed to John Boyega and ascribed to J.J. Abrams, which I've never been backed up with actual source material. It's just, you know, one of those random things that keeps getting, you know, carried on. But anyway, you know, with the novels that have been announced so far, as I mentioned earlier this week, everything except Force Collector seems to have a direct tie into the events of the sequel movies so far. Force Collector does not. And yet it's part of this initiative and so you have to figure that there is going to be some connection somehow that they are not telling us about yet. Just to remind you, the description talks about a restless teenager who has to find out what his you know, mysterious connection to the Force is or you know his Jedi powers and how it's connected to the Force and this journey that he goes on, well... He's the only character that's mentioned. He's the only character who is pictured on the cover of this thing. And we talked about the odd and unusual artifacts that he is toting around in his backpack. And one of the things that we did not talk about in that situation was the Stormtrooper helmet that he has tied to his backpack. But the helmet looked a little bit odd to me, and particularly with the cheek tube, it seemed like it was much larger on the left side than the right side, and I wondered about that, so I reached out to somebody who would actually know a little <laughs> something about Stormtrooper helmets, and that would be Tim McMahon, who is the founder and host emeritus of the Less Than 12 Parsecs podcast. He's also a member of the 501st Legion's New England Garrison. Those, of course, are the bad guys is doing good and has a couple of stormtrooper uniforms to his name as well so it turns out that stormtrooper helmets being asymmetrical is actually the norm it's a surprising thing to know i was unaware of that fact but apparently that is the case that generally speaking they are asymmetrical with one notable exception, according to Tim, the buckets for the Stormtroopers in Rogue One were actually symmetrical for some reason. So, 
yeah, uh, how odd. And I had been thinking that there was a possibility that the Stormtrooper helmet we're seeing depicted on the cover of Force Collector, because of the fact that it was asymmetrical and it just seemed a little bit weird, might that be an indication of where that helmet came from? And it seems like, unfortunately, that's not the case, that we cannot read anything into where this person is from simply by looking at the Stormtrooper helmet. And so that means it's just, you know, the artist's rendering, basically. So. Oh, well, it was a nice idea. <laughs> and the other thing that is worth talking about is the lightsaber that's pictured in this thing. First of all, lightsabers are not exactly easy to come across in this galaxy. I mean, really? Like, how does this restless teenager have a lightsaber? This is a rather important point for all of us to be wondering about. I mean, if you think about where lightsabers are, considering that there have been no Jedi kicking around for, you know, how long, all right? <sighs> Let's see. Uh, there weren't any until Luke decided to start his nascent Jedi temple, and there would have been a dozen students, or, you know, a baker's dozen, including Ben Solo. And all of them are either dead or presumably co-opted into the Knights of Ren, since Kylo disappeared with several of his students and left several others dead. We don't know where that temple was, though. That's one of the big mysteries. And so perhaps there's a possibility that he started the temple on Tatooine. That would be really rather amazing and crazy. We don't know where it was. And because where else are you going to find lightsabers? I mean, it's not like they're being actively made. And yes, I know we're hearing about that hidden underground workshop on the planet Batu, which we're going to visit in the Galaxy's Edge stories a little bit more in the upcoming publishing stuff for that, as well as, you know, if we actually get to go to Galaxy's Edge, either in Anaheim or in Orlando, right? So, yeah, I suppose that exists, but you don't get the idea that they are churning out a whole bunch of them and that they're just kicking around all over the galaxy in random people's hands. No, they're kind of in private collections, basically, like Maz Kanata keeping a stash of things in her basement, or say, you know, uh, was it Gracchus the Hut? One of the huts who had a giant collection of Jedi artifacts on the Smuggler's Moon, Nar Shada. So, I mean, yeah, these things are not easy to come by, and so the explanation for it has to be a remarkable one and you would think that that would be a good reason to tie it into the journey to the rise of skywalker especially since this thing only takes place before the force awakens it doesn't even take place in the time period in between the last jedi and the rise of skywalker but there is one other little meta detail about it that uh, you know i came across as i was trying to learn a little bit more about the novel and i'll mention that after the break so stay tuned for that Hey there. If you're enjoying all the coverage that I'm bringing you from Star Wars Celebration and what I do every single day for you at Star Wars 7x7, I hope you'll consider putting something in the tip jar at patreon.com slash sw7x7. $1, $327, or more. Honestly, every little bit helps and every little bit is just as exciting as every other little bit. Please consider supporting me in the work of delivering Star Wars stories and interviews to you on a daily basis at patreon.com slash sw7x7. Welcome back. 
So Kevin Shinnick is the gentleman who is listed as the author of Force Collector, but he may not be the only writer involved in this story. If you go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble right now, there's a biography of him under the About the Author section, which talks about the fact that he's an Emmy award-winning writer, as well as you know, a multi-talented guy who is also known for Robot Chicken and for creating the animated series Mad, like Mad Magazine. But also listed in the About the Author section is Sherry Priest. And this would be Sherry's first entree into the world of Star Wars, as well as Kevin's first entree into the world of Star Wars. Sherry is a successful novelist in her own right. She's the author of 21 books, a Hugo and Nebula Award-nominated author. And why she's listed along with this, and why she's not listed on the cover of the book, I, yeah, I don't know. It's rather strange. So I'm very curious to find out what Sherry's role in all this is because, yeah, she definitely brings some very interesting qualities to the table here. And hopefully we'll find out more about this in the coming months because, I mean, this seems to have the makings of a rather cool collaboration. So fingers crossed <laughs> about that. But for now, though, that is going to do it for my look at Force Collector and the journey to the Rise of Skywalker and how this might play in to the Rise of Skywalker movie, even though it's taking place before Force Awakens. And that'll do it for this episode as well. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.